She's in love with who I am. Back in high school, I used to bust it to the dance. Now I hit the FBO with duffels in my hand. I took half a Zan, had three hours till I land. Had me out like a light. 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 Slept through the flight. Not for the night. 757, man, this shit got double bedroom, man. I still got sorts to settle, baby. Crept down the block. Made a right. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Welcome, listeners. This is Sound Only. I'm Justin Charity. And I'm Micah Peters. We're your Sound Only co-hosts here to record our deepest, darkest thoughts about Travis Scott. Straight up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, <I laughs> <It's can't>. <laughs> <laughs> Just a that, series yeah, of it, ad-libs this week. It's a series of ad-libs. A series oh, of ad-libs. We're talking about the man, the totality, Travis Scott, the ur-millennial rapper. We're going to try to reconcile the what, the how, and crucially, the why of pop music's preeminent shit starter, Travis Scott, who this past week had scores of fans going crazy over a minorly remixed McDonald's menu item. I don't, anyway, in a pandemic, <laughs> in this economy, <laughs> had the kids going crazy over a McDonald's menu. Let's talk about it. What's up, world? Yeah, you. I'm Travis Scott. This is my McDonald's order. Follow me. Here's my quarter pounder with lettuce, pickles, onions, ketchup, mustard, and bacon. Here's my fries. Sometimes I do this. Then I dip them into barbecue sauce. Oh, yeah. And my Sprite. Same order since back in Houston. And you could try too. Gotta go. The Travis Scott meal. Just $6. Say Cactus Jack sent you. Micah, it was just two years ago when Travis Scott dropped Astro World. Mm-hmm. What do you think about Astro World? Everything what do I changed. Think about Astro? Yeah. I know that you, it is not your favorite of the Travis Scott albums, and like, I, if I was really, to I like conf- if, if I know that, like, I, like I liked it too. Like, I really liked it. I think if I, if I, I went back and read the year and essay that I wrote about the album slash going to see him in concert. And it was like very breathless. I must've really loved the album at the time. (laughs) And I mean, like I went back and listened to it like recently and like, it's really good, but it's like birds in the trap is like, feels like it's full of his weirder, like more niche ideas and feels busier in a more fun way. And Astroworld is just like an Oscar bait album. It is an Everybody, Oscar bait like, album. Everybody, like, it's like, rappers always drop acid and then make an Oscar bait album. Listen, I mean, and it's a, it's a time-honored pastime at this point. But, yeah, I mean, it's good. Like, that's the thing. But it's this, it's, you know, not our favorite Travis Scott album. We'll talk about our favorite Travis Scott albums. Astroworld is important because Astroworld marked this sort of moment where Travis Scott, the rapper Travis Scott, became like big i would say yeah i mean like it was his first event album like it was exactly it like he he had like a whole like it was they had a lot it was (laughs) i it was like the only actual successful live stream of that of of that summer of the good music live stream summer yeah right so you fast forward to last week and this travis scott he got a new drop, new release. Travis Scott 
he got a happy meal. Like, what's the he's got he's got like menu items at McDonald's. <laughs> and more importantly, so 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 let me let me let me set let me set a scene for you right quick. Let me set a okay. scene for you right quick. All right. Pow! You're watching the Rockets and the Lakers play in the NBA playoffs. And it's the third quarter, and the Rockets are giving up loudly again. Then the commercial comes across the screen and it's Hey guys, it's Travis Scott. This is what I used to get at McDonald's from the back of the Houston days. And it's just like this action figure from like his first album. Yeah. Um, from basically the cover, dancing album. around one of however many McDonald's there are in the contiguous US with like outside, there's like a LaFerrari ran. <laughs> like, and he's just like, uh, yeah, so this is what I used to get when I was growing up in Houston. And it's just a quarter pounder with bacon on it and with barbecue sauce on the side to dunk your fries in. That's it. That's the Travis Scott meal. But the, cact- the, the Travis Scott meal also, like McDonald's is releasing merch in conjunction with it. Like, Don't so- say releasing merch. You make it sound like some kids meal shit where it's like, oh, they give you a thing or they sell. No, no, oh, no, they, no, they no, 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 no. So, I said, no, no. I this said, is merch. I, hey, no. I you think gotta say that Denzel, have, but this is no, no, merch. No. I think that I properly characterized it because release is the proper verb there. If I said gave, Roll like, out. yeah, they would have, they, they, they gave you some, some $90 jorts with your, with your, with your burger. Then, yeah, then I could have, I, then I would have said that, but that's not what happened. They released them alongside the burgers, which were available over, uh, like, however long. I mean, like, people basically have been reacting, like, when, uh, Rick and Morty had the Szechuan chicken nuggets or whatever, and people were like throwing fits and jumping on counters and stuff. There hasn't been anything that extreme that I've seen, but somebody did like, I saw a video of somebody like getting out and angrily slamming the door and like slapping the radio kiosk like that does anything. <laughs> but yeah. In fairness, Rick and Morty weren't selling $90 jorts. No, okay, so like I I think that you need to talk about these jorts because you did say offline that you were considering buying a pair. That's not what I said. I would never buy those damn jorts. To describe the jorts, they're just jorts with the McDonald's, the M on the back with the yellow M on the ass, on the pocket. I would I would never buy those jorts. You kidding me? Imagine something that McDowell's employees would wear like in the summertime. Yes. Like on swagless on shift. You punch in, you got the McDonald's jorts from Travis Scott. You pay $90 because capitalism works. No, I said the shorts. Okay. There's a ton of merch. It's like a lot of items. It's it's like 40 items that McDonald's is selling. And they're not selling them at McDonald's prices. They're selling them at Travis Scott good music merch prices. And what I said was that the I think $65 shorts when you need to go work out in McCarran Park, I would buy those <laughs> in red because they had their like, you know what I mean? They got the canvas and they, they kind of look like you took a bunch of stickers from a trapper keeper, but they're on the shorts. I would have bought those. They sold out now. There were some shirts too. I don't know. I was, I was having Pain. this crisis and this is why we have in this episode. I was having a crisis where I was sitting at my computer looking at Travis Scott merchandise and being like, I would, if I, I would buy two of these things. I would, I would pay money for, I didn't listen. I went to Yeezus tour and didn't buy any Yeezus merch. And here I am, my old black ass. I was about to buy Travis Scott merch. I don't know what has happened in the past. However many years to turn me into the person who was sitting at the website that day, considering buying red canvas gym shorts for $65 from Travis Scott. What is this, Micah? Um, <clears throat> well, I, I mean, like, I'd say that a certain, you know, percentage of that is down to boredom. I mean, like, you're not doing shit. You're just inside on the computer, you know? <laughs> but then also, you know, somehow, despite him having multiple collaborations with, you know, many billion dollar companies... <laughs> I think that we underrate the extent to which people fuck with Travis Scott. I mean, until now, that's the thing about this, right? It's sort of, there's nothing surprising about McDonald's being like, yeah, we're doing some hacky corporate brand synergy, you know, branded value meal. 
okay? Or any fast food company. I am old enough to remember the Burger King rollout for Wild Wild West. Acts about me. I, you know what I mean? It's not, it's like, it's not novel on the McDonald's end. There's just something weird and abrupt about it being Travis Scott. Travis Scott has achieved this weird prominence. It seems yeah. fast. It feels it reverse fast. engineered in a, in a strange way. Like if you told me Post Malone, if this is about Post Malone, the Post Malone value meal, I will believe that. White privilege, et cetera, et cetera. That, you know what I mean? It's easier for me to wrap my mind around that. Travis Scott, it's... Jack Harlow just, you know, copped a New Balance uh, sponsorship before anybody in Baltimore. It's like that sometimes. But Travis Scott is... Yeah, I mean, like, weird and soon is, is a good way of, of of describing it. It's also because Travis Scott, in terms of a, you know, he may underwhelm you as a rapper, but he will overwhelm you as a sort of brand strategist. And it's just the fact that, again, it <laughs> there being a Travis Scott value meal, those weird advertising and 40 pieces of, like, streetwear merch, including several items that are more than like $150. Uh, like if it had been Post Malone, Post Malone would have sold you some sticker tattoos and called it a day. I mean, like, yeah, it would have been Crocs buttons. Yeah. Or, yeah, you know, a special can of Bud Light. Yes. Mike, I just feel like this is a sort of... It just hits me as a sort of transition, right? Because there was a sense in which if you were talking about who are the big like rap stars who are the people who are going to get the deal with friggin' McDonald's for some happy meal, you know, whatever you're talking about people like Kanye or Drake, right? You're talking about people, you're talking about people with like big personalities um, who have these like big elaborate celebrity narrative arcs that are both played out in their music itself, but also obviously played out in the tabloids. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you get Travis Scott, Travis Scott, is the most sort of like disassociated, dissipated. He he almost exists as an ether. It's very funny that like you. <laughs> How did Travis the, Scott? that you put the dramatic pause there between Travis Scott? Yeah, it's just disbelief. I'm not hate. It's just this is in a in a weird way. I'm happy because this feels like it decisively marks a transition from a world in which Drake would be selling me a value meal at McDonald's. Right to Travis Scott doing it, and it, it's true. Me being at peace with this, I'm actually cool. I might go to McDonald's and buy this shit. I almost bought the shorts, Micah. No, nah, it's cap. How did <laughs> you wouldn't go how, to McDonald's? I, I would, I would, I believe I you go to spending $65 for shorts. I, I, I think that you going to McDonald's to buy the Travis Scott meal is big cap. <laughs> It is, and you know this because you know me, and you know the only McDonald's item I like on the lunch menu is filet o fish. You pass the quiz. Thank you. That said, Thank you. How did Travis Scott? Travis Scott. What's his real name? I don't know Jacques I Webster. Jacques Webster. Is it really government name? Jacques Webster. Is that his real name? Yes, it's Jacques Webster. I'm I thought I was asking you a true question. No, I mean, you name Jacques Webster. I have these kinds of dumb factoids on deck. Excuse me. How did Travis Scott? How did we get to this point in human history where Travis Scott is this big? I want to know. Let's talk about it. As a plant-based cheese company, Daya has never talked about beef in an ad before because someone somewhere once had a beef with saying beef and plant-based together. So putting a slice of Daya cheese on a beef burger, not okay. Well, our delicious melty cheese has a beef with your beef about beef because any step towards plant-forward eating is a step in the right direction. Daya, 100% plant-based, even if you're not. Now made with Daya Oat Cream Blend. Okay, Micah, 
up top, first of all, I propose this is a formal this is a symposium this week. We're talking about Travis Scott. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm okay. Mm-hmm. I pulls propose up resolved. I propose that one cannot discuss the millennial lifestyle, right? Which is something we promised that this podcast is about. Millennial lifestyle. Mm-hmm. You can't talk about it without talking about Travis Scott. Yay, verily. So here we are. <laughs> Travis Scott, way back in the day, was just sort of like a dirtbag rapper who could have been something, but maybe would have just sort of... He was like a Kanye clinger in the beginning. Yeah, I mean, like, I think that you, we need to specify the extent to which he was a Kanye clinger. Like, yeah. Travis Scott is was just like in was born of like Tumblr. If you look at like his first couple of music videos that landed on uh like the earlier blogs like Not Right, Two Dope Boys, Ill Roots, I think was on it heavy. That's how like him and OG Chase B ended up uh touring together. Uh, I think OG Chase B is his tour DJ now. And like there's <sighs> I can't remember the name of the music video, but like there are these tribal, there's these steel drums and these tribal flutes. And like, he's wearing this rendition of the coat that like Kanye was wearing at the Macy's day parade with like the, the, the crazy fur collar and the headband when he was wearing like the massive black aviators and whatnot. Yeah. So he, he was wearing that standing in front of a red Jeep. I remember this. And there were like, a couple of girls like dancing on the hoods with the with, while well, he had the high beams on in the middle of the desert somewhere. Like, and I was just like, this is literally uh, like my beautiful dark twisted fantasy era Kanye situation. Yeah, but, but what year was okay? So, what year you think this is? Right? Mm, I want to say that that's like 2011. Right. So this is the this is the Kanye problem, first of all, right? Is like 2007 through 2013. Like, they're like 20 Kanye clingers, man. <laughs> so the scene that you're describing... It could be anything. He was just on... Kanye was just... Kanye was just on Tumblr, like, plucking things out of obscurity. He's like, I like this. Come to the... Come to Hawaii. Like, yeah. and, make, and help me make this album. <laughs> yeah. Like, so... Travis kind of ends up, like, helping him craft Jesus. And I mean, like, I think also... Uh, the darker, weirder parts of Cruel Summer. I'm, I'm thinking, like, Sin City was really good. He was on, like, BT and whatnot. But this is notable. Because it's not like... Think Travis Scott is young at this point, right? Like, yeah. this isn't Rick Rubin. It's not Mike Dean. It's Travis Scott. He's just this... He just seems to be at the time this random kid from Houston. And he's he kind of just has like a weird vibe. Yeah, okay. The whole Travis Scott vibe in the beginning, and we're so far from it now, right? But in the beginning, the Travis Scott vibe is Pigpen from Peanuts. Like, I mean, that's basically it. <laughs> like, he just had a dirt cloud and, <laughs> and dreads. You know what I'm saying? Like it's- <laughs> a dirt cloud and dreads and a zip-up bay hoodie. And it's a beat to shit Jordan ones <laughs> and like a laptop, you know, I like just just cruising around Los Angeles, <laughs> helping people retouch their albums. <laughs> yeah, he was like he was like a bootleg tuxedo mask just in, in L.A., just sort of popping up at, you know, drops, <laughs> fashion <laughs> drops, things of that nature. <laughs> and I mean, also, there was just a meanwhile, there are there's this this trail of unsubstantiated rumor and like you know tumblr controversy just following him everywhere about where he stole this file from and where he got this song from and i mean he being that he offered nothing like uh, in terms of being an interview in terms of like personality really Yeah. yeah there was just no way to get at the truth of any of it Right, because it wasn't, it was on the one hand, he had this sort of dirtbag ethos about him, but on the other hand, he was kind of, um, he wasn't sort of flagrant about it. He's not like a Takashi 6ix9ine type where it's like dirtbag is the brand. Like t- Travis Scott just seemed kind of, um, he actually was sort of enigmatic in how he, like certain things about him were flashy, 
you know, but otherwise he just seemed like this inaccessible, unreadable figure. You know, like that's how I read him. Yeah, I mean, like, it was like, who is this kid? Why, why, why am I ever going to give a shit about this kid? Yeah, uh, it was, it just seemed from very early on, just a collection of things that were like cool sounding, looking. I mean, have you watched recently like the Quintana video? No. Okay. Talk me through it. Talk me through it. So. The Quintana video, Quintana was maybe one of the first like big Travis Scott things to happen like on SoundCloud. And it was a thing, it was a thing, it was a thing to the point that there was a music video for it probably after there was already label money tied up in it. But I mean, there are... Scenes of him holding like an umbrella that looks like the umbrella from Umbrella Corps and uh, Resident Evil. Like he's dressed like Big Boss in one of the scenes. Like <laughs> I think a large, a, a large, a visual motif of the video is him like you know thrashing around in a straight jacket. It's just very weird and like dark and edgy, quote yeah. unquote. You know, and just full of things that people that are on the Internet and play video games would like. <laughs> yeah, like weird, comma, dark, comma, edgy is the Travis Scott thing. I, yo, in a way, he's sort of like the black rapper sort of response to Lana Del Rey in my head for some reason. Like, that's just where my head goes with it. A lot of the time. Mm-hmm. You know wow. what I mean? Wow. Like that sense Wait. of how much of this is ironic, like how much oh, industry okay. money is okay. tied up in it. It's sort of a lot of the questions people had about Lana or the questions I never thought were interesting about like early Lana Del Rey, but were the questions I had about Travis Scott. Mm-hmm. Um, well, well hold, hold, hold on, hold on. We're not just going to breeze by that. What were the questions that, you know, like people have for both Lana Del Rey and Travis Scott. Well, okay, I don't want to flatten it too much. I'm not, they're not like equivalent, but there's just something about the, to be honest with you, in the same way that when Lana Del Rey first came around, she had this sort of um, doomsday aura of being sort of a harbinger of all of the it, like bad things about forging identity and the internet and Tumblr. Like something about her was prophetic. So I could feel it. I could feel it before I could understand it, that Lana Del Rey represented the idea that the way that that the internet was going to inject itself into how modern fandom works and like criticism works was just going to be really complicated and and leave us with, I don't know. It was just, Travis has that same aura to him where he just seems like this, he just seems like he was spawned from a racist Xbox live chat. You know what I mean? There's just something about him that feels like it spawned from the, from Tumblr. Like you said, it feels yeah. spawned from Tumblr in the way that Lana Del Rey was spawned from certain sensibilities inherent in the internet. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I do like, there is, have you watched Look, Mom, I Can Fly, like his, his Netflix documentary? No, no. Talk to <sighs> um, There is, like, spawned from, like, a, like, despite all of that, despite there being, like, such an absence at the center of it all, like, there are still, like, sweaty-faced teenagers in, like, grainy VHS tape on this, on this, in this documentary being, like, Travis Scott saved my life. You know, like it's like in the same way that people would talk about Cuddy, like and we don't have to get into Cuddy because I know how you do. Yeah. But can we get into the outfits of the people who are saying these things about Travis Scott? Because I think that reveals a lot about the sociological profiles of the people in question. Well, I mean, you know, it is big, long graphic T-shirts with lots of, you know, iconography on the sleeves and then like the ripped jeans and tailored cargo pants, a lot like basically his uh, astronomical special set that he had in literally Fortnite uh, a couple yep. months ago. Yeah. Um, like basically all Travis Scott fans dress like that. I own a pair of pants like that, like the cargo pants. I'm just saying. 
like you know i'm not i'm not, I'm not like you know categorizing myself outside of this i've been to a travis scott show however this is what i observed and everyone knows you have the vibe of somebody who's been to a travis scott show micah thank you thank you you know what i'm just gonna take that and keep running because i'm i'm, I'm on a roll here there is also like it, the, the beginning of the documentary is travis scott giving an interview about astroworld while writing a roller coaster. Like, I mean, and I'm pretty sure that like his eyes are as big as saucers, you know, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to put words in his mouth or, you know, stuff in the, he was probably on drugs, man. I'm, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> you know, like it's, it's, it's I, I don't know why I'm beating around the bush so much, <laughs> but he like was talking to the camera and I mean like making absolutely no sense talking about how at some point you just need to take all matters of life into the extreme. And then after that follows a documentary that goes on for like an hour and 15, 20 minutes. And you learn nothing, nothing about this person. <laughs> Maybe like not even the kind of relationship that he might form with his own child that was born during the making of this documentary. I think that the only interesting thing in it is when he is, berating his lighting crew for like two minutes uh after a show at like an amazing show like i mean like you were talking about like they have a a, a facet of the of the birds in the trap tour was this giant animatronic eagle that like came in and strings over the crowd on a on certain set numbers and then there was like a whole lot of lighting display basically it wasn't a show that was made for people that, you know, like may have seizures with a lot of flashlighting. But after one of these like amazingly edited scenes of all these things happening, like Travis is just waving his arms wildly around, just being like, and like, you need to bring the camera in tighter on me here. And when the lights come up, you don't need to be like, I don't know why you're waiting for this cue. So on and so forth. Like, I mean, like he is in a state. And then after, after he's done tearing, he just lines everybody up and rips them a new one. And after that, he goes, other than that, it was cool. Other than that, it was cool. And then the scene is over. Like, that's the, if, if you watch the documentary, it is solely for that scene. Yeah, I was going to say, because like what you're describing is Travis Scott speaking with bass in his voice, which is a thing that I conceptually have a hard time imagining otherwise. Yeah. He's just, you know, a lot of slouching. I mean, from he guy. is an absolute airhead for the rest of the movie, but that scene is genuinely interesting. Uh, apart from yelling at, you know, people who work for you, which you shouldn't do. I mean, in a lot of ways, you're describing the ideal celebrity. Like, I like the idea of a celebrity. It's like you get to the end of this thing. You're like, no, I actually don't know this person. I, more celebrities should be like that. More people should make music that I like and who I don't really understand and don't <laughs> care to really interrogate that deeply. That's my ideal fandom, honestly. Like, you talk about you know, the sort of early industry, like that's the thing. He's like an industry rat too. Cause it was sort of T.I. and Kanye in the beginning were the two. Yeah, he was, he was, okay. It was complicated because he was signed to good music as a producer. Right. Um, like he showed up on 106 and Park with like 2 chains and Big Sean and the rest of Rosewood wearing all white as a producer. But he was signed to Grand Hustle or Hustle Gang at the time, I think. Was it Hustle Gang yet? Or whatever it was. The Grand Hustle imprint. Travis Scott was signed to them as a rapper. In fairness, look, first of all, who among us was not signed to Grand Hustle? Who wasn't signed? To, there early... was Problem. Young Thug was signed, was was like, you Obama, know, I think like Obama was. Yeah, you know, Jax from Mortal Kombat, the Black Power Ranger. Scrabby Doo, they were all signed to Grand Hustle at one point. Yeah, and like the, the, the Hustle Gang compilation tape had some. It was the Island of Misfit Toys, just like the first iteration of Rich Gang. Oh man, don't bring that up. That's a whole nother. Okay, episode. I'm sorry, we I didn't mean to bring that up. But anyway, let's move <laughs> on. We can talk forever about that. <laughs> um, can I tell you? I remember this crossover because again, Travis Scott, Consummate Kanye, Klinger, until. Like, what would you say is the first moment you remember Travis Scott sort of going from being 
again, weird, dark kind of peripheral figure who had like a sort of hype beast following to person who you were like, oh, shit, this guy is going to be like a star. I mean, it was very strange that his like lead official single like featured the 1975. Like, I mean, I, I, I would say that I'd say that really when he released Don't Play is when you do something, it was going to something was going to happen. Something like something. This was just too weird not to sustain itself. I mean, I can't explain to you the music video for Don't Play, but it involves him wearing motocross gear, riding on horseback, rescuing, you know, a damsel from a dive bar in the middle of the desert as she's riding the mechanical bull. It's just like so many weird and expensive things for like somebody's first music video. Like, and I was just like, okay, obviously this is going to be a thing for a period of time. Yeah. I think that's what it was too. I think like you noting this sense of, I would say almost overdetermined weirdness, right? In the beginning, it felt really expensive. Like Travis Scott just from the jump felt really expensive. All the people talking about Al Farrow and all that shit, everything about Travis Scott's style seemed overproduced to me, right? In a way that's sort of, I don't know. It's like you spend enough time watching like rapper rollouts in the past decade or so. And it's just, I'm one of those people, man. I'm one of those people who like says industry plant and kind of means it. You know what I mean? It was just something about, <laughs> that's the thing. He had that stench though of like, what is like, this is too, this is too much like some rich kids art project. Like, what is this? Do I have time for this? I don't know. And to me, <laughs> I, it was later for me. It wasn't until like pick up the phone, honestly. Mm, pick up the phone was like, I, I think pick up the phone is when I just accepted what I was I think pick up the phone is like a, when I got to a place of acceptance about Travis Scott. I think it's more so that like just knowing that there is nothing behind it. There's nothing going on there. It's just there for you to enjoy. It's just like a very, it's not music that means anything. <laughs> well, okay. Why do you say accept though? Cause I think this is an interesting component of how people over the years have reacted to Travis Scott. Because I think that there is, if you are a person that, you know, would like people to take their music taste seriously for whatever ungodly reason, there are things that you have to care about, like as far as authenticity goes, I guess, um, innovation. And those are two things that have been in question about like Travis Scott since the beginning of his career. Like oh, he, it's, it's always that. been kind of been that his influences have been his peers, but then, you know, he's also friends with those people, which is, which is also a, a, a weird wrinkle to it. And there tends to be like an accusatory tone when, yeah. <laughs> when people talk about it's like Travis it's like talking Scott about plagiarism almost. It feels like you're having a plagiarism conversation a lot, or at least it felt exactly. for a long time. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. But I mean, I think that you know that in, in an overall doomed effort to keep art safe from commodity or something, like you're supposed to not like things like Travis Scott. Um, but Travis Scott is enjoyable. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's, I would even go. So like you were saying before about the idea that there's no, there's nothing there or that his music is fun, but it's sort of, I don't know. I, I started questioning a lot of my assumptions about Travis Scott with, um, birds in the trap sing McKnight. That okay. tape. Right. So that's like a few years back. And that I, that feels like a small yeah. yeah, 2016. Certainly not as big as Astroworld, but a lot of the and again, it's sort of Travis Scott is this this rapper who feels like he is highly produced, right? You listen to a Travis Scott tape and you realize that you are listening to a lot of people. The work of making an album for commercial release 
you know, it takes a village. His his work feels very. It takes a <laughs> it, village. It, it it feels it sh- it bears its seams yeah. on the outside. Yeah. yeah, and not in the kind. Con- that's one thing that is different in the Kanye way. Like that's true of Kanye albums, right? But it's true of Kanye albums in this big curatorial sense, where Kanye himself would concede that it takes a village, but he's the chief of the village. Whereas with Travis, it's almost like Travis himself doesn't exist. And yeah. he's he's like the hole at the heart of his own albums. Yes. And I think on something like Birds in the Trap, Sing McKnight, there's just something about the composition of those songs and how he, he like, it, it doesn't, he never makes how he uses his voice on songs feel like it's a big, you know, intellectualized, highly artistic decision. But I know on that tape, it feels like that. You know what I mean? You know what? Like, can I, can I admit my earlier answer? Yeah, go ahead. Um, because although there was that sense of, uh, this is going to be something in 2015, 14, whenever that don't play single comes out, I think when I was seeing him perform goosebumps, like for a certain crowds, I mean, like when he was doing the niggas in Paris thing with goosebumps and like performing it five, six times in a row on tour. Yeah. And I got curious enough to watch videos of it and like the things that, and you know, <laughs> Paul Thompson, music writer and a friend of mine who, you know, wrote for Rolling Stone, Vulture, Passion Weiss, et cetera, um, would absolutely hate that I'm using uh, this, his observation this way because he doesn't really share my, you know, delight of Travis Scott. But he was just like, yeah, the things that Travis Scott is doing with his auto tune at his live shows is like truly avant-garde, despite the fact that the music could be kind of cookie cutter yeah, <laughs> or yeah. by the numbers. And I wasn't really sure about what that meant until like I was watching that. And he's just like doing all these crazy harmonies on top of it. And it's like, I've, it's like you like I wanted to I wanted to own that version of the song in addition to the recorded one I already had, you know? Yeah, that stuff's super important though, because I think his like the rap shows that I've gone to, like, or I, I'll put it like this. I think certain kinds of post SoundCloud rap maybe I think are better at this dynamic. But I'll, I I've been to lots of rap shows that I just thought weren't good just because it, it's so rap for whatever reason seems harder than rock right to adapt to live it's just that it is yeah i mean there's kind of in the same way that like soccer fans could be like could say oh arsenal and it could be like 14 different things like oh arsenal like that play was so lovely oh arsenal of course you you know ship four goals so on so forth like you could say like you know you could sigh and say rap shows and be talking about a bunch of different things. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. like, and that's another, like, I, I didn't really get, I didn't really finish my point earlier, but it was that it's also kind of an interesting prism through which to view Travis Scott, because like a thing about rap shows is that like, you know, rapping over your own songs like your like the full tracks of your own songs is like just bad form, but yeah. everybody fucking does it. Um, it's like one of those things you're just like, yeah, rap shows. Like that's a thing that happens. Mm-hmm. And yet Travis Scott does it and I don't want it any other way from yeah. him. Yeah. Like it wouldn't work any other way. And that's important. Like that itself is like, again, if the, the original complaints about somebody like Travis Scott is that he sort of just feels like a collage of other rappers who are also currently on the radio. Yeah. Um, it matters that he's like, no, well, actually, I have a specific like my live performances have a specific energy, you know. Um, and yeah, like I could I remember sort of, again, that 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 first wave that sort of pick up the phone, not first wave, because, again, he had like, again, the Tumblr hype beast wave, right, of mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. people being into Travis Scott before I thought there'd be any sense whatsoever. There, This was <laughs> like I, I think that tw- like 2016 with with the uh, birds in the trap was like mainstream embrace felt like more of a mainstream embrace. Yes, totally. But even then it still felt weird. Right. Cause it felt, wasn't that when he was like reportedly dating Rihanna or whatever. 
Was he ever Yeah, reported? I think he was. Oh, and I think I remember those no, photos. Okay, cool. well, hold on, yeah. hold on, hold on. Because I, I like, I, I want to be careful that we're not saying one thing and then like we're liars. Like, because wasn't that only for he like never 46? Wasn't that like only for like 72 hours though? Like, You've never <laughs> been through that? You've never been through a 72 hours I was seeing Of course, of okay, course. But, but I'm that's... saying, but like, all right, fine. Yes, I like 72. He, Travis Scott has one, has dated Rihanna for 72 more hours than the average person. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Yes. But I no, I bring it up, though, because I just remember that period where everyone's like, are, are Travis Scott and Rihanna dating? Right. And this is again, this feel, I think this is pick up the phone era. And you were just sort of forced to reckon with like photos of Travis Scott. And he still looks like he wasn't quite there. If we're talking about sort of, oh, when did Travis Scott crest into the millennial mainstream rap you know hive mind he still looked like somebody who had not done that he still looked, you, he was oh, wearing if you're like, talking, oh the, the the pictures of him like you know kind of off to, the side, off to the side and a party and like being led around by the hand and this and the other thing yeah. sure but the thing is that like he always did looks he looked like he didn't know what he was doing for a very long time in photos. Like it was always like the hiding the face thing and the, you know, Tiger had more swag than Travis Scott for like, a wow. Yeah. That's how I bad mean, it like, was. Facts though. He did. I'm just noting that that's just the point of comparison <laughs> to give you some historical grounding, <laughs> which is what we offer as critics. All right. We remember yeah. this so y'all don't have to. It's not uh, shots. It's not shots. It's not shots. It's just footing. Yes. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It was around it was around birds in the trap that I was like, no, I actually get apart from the gist, oh, I guess he gives good concerts, good for him. I actually did sort of start to go like, oh, I kinda I fuck with the musical vision a little bit. You know what I mean? And it was sort of, I think the one, I think the one thing about birds in the trap and that is sort of something interesting about Travis Scott going forward from that is a relief, frankly, on Travis Scott records is that no Travis Scott record really requires you to give a shit about Travis Scott. You know, like if you think about truly, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like yeah, I mean, but then if you listen closely, he's saying some shit occasionally. It's yeah, actually sometimes. like yeah, yeah, like uh, Beebs in the trap actually. Um, mm. When he was just like, uh, how's it go? Oh yeah, pulled out of the hood Toyota, drove back to the hood Lambo. Like it's like he ha he has like little harmonies like that. But then there's, I mean, that's an that's some inspirational shit right there. It is, of course. Then it's like darkened by the fact that Nav is on there saying nigga, and like people just let that happen for oh, four explain months. Nav, now you gotta explain Nav. That's I mean that's penalty, penalty. Explain <laughs> Nav. Flag on the play, flag on the play. Uh, mentioning Nav. Nev um, is <laughs> what a curious character. Like he just wanted to be like in XO, like like the weekend's imprint, like right. the offshoot of October's very own. Like he just wanted somebody of the Canadian of mafia. The it's some so one of the he wanted he wanted to be made by the Canadian mafia so badly that he would quote unquote stand outside with his exo varsity jacket on just hoping someone would notice him that is an actual quote from a complex story i believe from a couple of years ago i mean like if you just do some googling you will have a really good half an hour i promise you but nev you know people don't really want to give him his props but like he could create a melody or two but he also pops up on people's albums like just giving them whole songs and Beebs in the Trap is one of those. It seems like, you know, this song wasn't going to get out there unless Travis Scott was on it. Right. Whereas or, Travis Scott's also the inverse of what you're describing. Where like Travis Scott shows up and takes people's whole songs. Exactly. For no reason. Yeah. But um, he is South Asian. I mean, certainly not black. And he was just saying nigga in the songs for a very long time <laughs> until I, I believe it was uh, March, I want to say it was, that a new mystery wrote at the fader about how, yo, guys, like it's kind of fucked up that we're just letting Nav just run around just saying this. And then after that, 
I think it was like a couple months later, Nav said that he would stop saying the N-word in his music. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. You got to take the baby steps. You know what I mean? Yeah, the baby steps. The baby steps. Listen, this is all just set up because you want to play Beebs in the Trap on a podcast. That's fine. Let's, let's play that. Let's, let's do that. Swipe Rap Trap At IKEA, your dream home is a blue bag away. No matter the size of your space or budget, we've got everything you need to turn your dreams into reality. And now with new lower prices on hundreds of our most popular products, bringing the dream home is even easier. Like the gray strandum wing chair was $369, now $299. And the IKEA Plus 365 nine-piece cookware set was $129.99, now $89.99. And hundreds more. Shop new lower prices at ikea-usa.com today. Hey, welcome to IKEA, where even this desk is circular. Huh, how so? Looks pretty rectangular to me. It's because we're always looking to repair, reuse, and we love our products, like buying back your IKEA items for store credit. Or shop our as-is section for great deals. You can even order free spare parts. Get on the circular path for a more sustainable future. Still a rectangle. Get started at ikea-usa.com slash circular. Visit ikea-usa.com slash circular for as-is information and buyback and resale terms and conditions. Spare parts not available for all products. So, Charities, at the beginning of the episode, you were talking about this previous era of uh, rap celebrity that you know, refused to be considered independently of their art, gave a lot of themselves to their fans, et cetera, et cetera. And how Travis Scott is like, you know, a more, I don't know, a modernized, better version of that. I'm like, I'm, I'm thinking of like that era as like the GQ spread from 20, or like 2008, I think it, maybe it was like 2009. And it was like the new era of like, the sensitive tough guy in rap music or whatever. And it was like a spread that had Wale, yep. Kid Cudi, and Drake. <laughs> I remember that. I remember that. Yeah. 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 Yes. And I mean, these are all people that you feel you know like a lot. Like you could you could do a lot of bar trivia about about these about some of these characters, right? But yeah. Travis Scott, who filled the void, so to speak. And I feel like that's like even being generous because Drake is still here. You know, just bring his dates to the to the Nike factory, uh, to the Nike outlet in Port Portland or whatever. But like, it, it's Travis Scott who, I mean, like, there's just like a curious Travis Scott shaped hole inside of like you know where where he's supposed to be at the center of this swirling. I don't know. Like, it's just like it, he. It seems that he's able. He's able to direct culture. And not create much of it himself. He, like he is the League of Shadows. He is the League of Shadows. No, like he can control fire, but he can't like create it. You know. Yes, that's oh, I like that. That's a that's a good way of putting it. I think that's this is the thing. Like I think of Travis Scott as an al alternative to that model, right? The sort of Drake, Wale, J Cole, Kanye, even Wayne, frankly, and like late or mid-career Jay-Z after a point, right? I just felt like in rap, in pop music in general, we'll talk about pop music in general, I guess, but in rap, just using rap as the natural reference point here, I feel like Kanye convinced a lot of people who wanted to be A-list rappers, you know, that they really needed to over-elaborate and over-invest in sort of like mythology craft, you know? Um, like Kanye has the most overdeveloped mythology and rap music. Drake is in the same vein, you know. There's certain narrative elements of Drake that are very different, but there are these rappers who their stardom is as much about them making music that just hits right, you know, in the right year mm -hmm. as as it is about them making music that kind of works on the same level that like a season of NBC Passions I works, mean, right? sure. Like I I think that I I I get what you're saying like um what was the album that also came out? The Drake album that came out that same year that that started with "Keep the Family Close." Views, yeah. Views oh, like God. is 
The one that I mean, opens with like a Bond out. theme. Keep the family yes, close is yes. like the most Bond theme intro. <laughs> the like in the album rollout involved a lot of like photos of him glowering in the back of a phantom and a mink coat and like you know holding like a rock like a like a tibetan mastiff at like you know arm's length with a with a giant chain outside of a mansion and all of this stuff that just says like take me seriously as a mafioso character <laughs> well you don't even and, i actually don't think it's that because i think drake the thing about drake is that he's so self-aware i guess right that like a lot of people roll their eyes at that shtick i don't think though it's necessarily take me seriously as a mafioso character so much as him it's it's him saying i need you to give a shit either way about who i am i need you my to life okay, story. i need you to feel strongly about this is probably a better way of putting it and about my life story in particular yeah. and, and the, the story i'm telling you Actually, the way that you put it earlier was just like as uh like I need you like it's simple it's as simple as I need you to find me interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And I there's a point at which that that shit gets exhausting, right? Just in you can talk about it in the rap context and also in pop music. I have the same thought about, you know, when Taylor Swift albums sort of get to a point of feeling like they're less about listening to a new Taylor Swift album and more about sort of having to consume this digest of status updates from Taylor Swift about her personal narrative. And it's just, sometimes I want to listen to an album. Sometimes I want to hear you make good music and to have your personality be an anchor for what your musical sensibilities are, or sort of maybe the tone of, you know, the song that you're singing or rapping or whatever. But that's very different, I think, from what big rap celebrities of the past decade or so have done, which is they, they want to immerse you in their life. They really want you to give a shit about every single member of Drake's family, every single weed carrier who surrounds him. <laughs> they really, it's like a JRPG level of like, there are too many every characters in this shit. Every single employee at the Hooters that he last frequented. Yeah. And it's just like, I don't, that's not a, that, that, that's a version of celebrity to me. Um, yeah. And, Every year it wears thinner and thinner on my patience. And so Travis Scott comes along. And Travis Scott to me is like, in a lot of ways, the antidote to that. Because his sort of, he's sort of the anti-celebrity in a way, right? The, the fact that even him doing this like McDonald's thing seems weird. It seems weird because he just doesn't seem like he has the personality to anchor something like that. That is actually a really good point because I wanted to ask if you also felt that there was some sort of retouching. Why wouldn't there be retouching on his voice in this commercial when it's, when it's retouched everywhere else? But like, it's just like he's, he's speaking with such verve and personality and like, you know, with such comedic timing that it doesn't sound like Travis Scott. Not like anybody that you've ever seen give an interview or... I mean, because like he's... It's painful to read Travis Scott quotes <laughs> slash to, I mean, you know, watch him give interviews with the exception of the Nardwar one, which is like when he seemed like, you know, genuinely charming, like just a person that likes shiny like things, you know? But yeah, like this commercial is just kind of like, I, this cannot be Travis Scott talking. Right. But that's the thing. It's the fa that gap, that knowledge gap. It's the quality that when I was listening to Birds in the Trap, instead of opening myself up a bit to his music, that's the thing that felt liberating, right? It, it felt like the guy could just be the coin at the end of Inception. Like, I don't really care where it lands. I don't care if he's wow. that Like, the fact wow. that I, he doesn't actually need me to know, he doesn't actually care that I Take know. Take your time, Pastor. Whereas where someone like Drake, really, really, really wants to micromanage the shit out of my knowledge of who Drake is and what he stands for and like what chapter of his diary he's on this year. Yeah, I mean, like, like there's there's such a care taken with like with how this tweet is sent or when this Instagram update goes here and, you know, whether or not this video will, will be memeable enough and, you know, like what what time specifically can we drop it so that it hits people at just the right way where they're just the right level of drunk on a Friday? 
And like, I, f- I genuinely believe that these are things that goes and that these are all factors in when Drake releases anything that he releases. Travis Scott, though, if you go and like, you just read his, you just look at his Twitter or scroll through his Instagram, like it also, it just seems as though occasionally he sits on his phone and updates the world with, I have a single coming out in a month or, or whatever. It doesn't, there doesn't seem like a lot of, of intentionality and yet there seems like painstaking attention to detail. Right. Absolutely. So, I mean, I can appreciate it on the level of like, I appreciate like movies that come on FX, you know, like it's, it's, it's kind of like, it's, it's really enjoyable dreck to be honest with you. And like, I don't really think about it too much harder than that because, you know, like I'm having a good time listening to Neighbors, you know, it's very, it's a marginal one-off with Juicy J and yet it feels gigantic if you hear it in the right setting, you know? Yeah, totally. And, and that's the thing. It's like, tra- because Travis is not sort of, I don't know, he's not imbued with the meaning and implication of a lot of other sort of people who sort of operate at his level. Like, God, I think of fucking, what's the song? Through the Late Night. I think of Through the Late Night. Travis Scott and Kid Cudi. I could not give a goddamn about a Kid Cudi song. Kid Cudi is like the demon who haunts me all through through time. He's like, if if life was a Tezuka manga, Kid Cudi <laughs> follows me through the ages of human history. And everywhere I look behind my shoulder, there Kid Cudi is, haunting me with his cooing and awing. And yet, and yet, <laughs> Travis Scott is the artist who, in you his way, it. in his unassuming way, but that's the thing. I'm tra- This is a compliment. What are you talking about? <laughs> this is a compliment. This is my compliment. This is the voice sorry, I adopt I when I'm giving a compliment. <laughs> I'm giving a compliment. It's, Someone like Travis is disarming in that way, right? Even for a hater, right? The thing is, it's easy when you're a hater to sort of step into somebody like Drake's universe. And even though, you know, half of what Drake or Kanye is doing is they're baiting you. Like, if you don't buy into the the brand, you don't buy into the sad boy brand of Drake, you don't buy into the overactive brand of Kanye then you give them the inverse energy, but you're still giving them the energy, right? You're still reacting to all of their provocations inherent in what their brand is. There's a point at which I started approaching Travis Scott as somebody who is like just a straightforwardly disarming figure in so much as I I barely think Travis Scott exists, you know? Um, And so that's how I end up listening to a Travis Scott Kid Cudi song and being like, oh, this is this is that rare moment in my life where I'm, I'm reckoning with the fact that I maybe like kid Cuddy more than I thought I did, you know? Um, yeah, yeah, there's just something disarming about him and there's something about what feels to me like he, he's not alone, right? Like, I think that there are, there are other big rappers who I think are bad at being celebrities in that sort of, high kayfabe Drake Kanye way, right? Like, I think Kendrick is bad at being a celebrity. I think Post Malone is bad at being a celebrity. Um, I don't think anybody else is as pointedly bad and as kitschy about being bad at being a celebrity as Travis Scott is. But there is... I'm trying to take some sort of weird hope in in the idea that maybe this sort of anti-celebrity quality has some purchase in the current environment. You know what I mean? But then I worry yeah. that like maybe that that's, you know, Kendrick being an anti-celebrity in some ways makes it so that we don't hear from Kendrick that much. And that sort of feels like it undermines his profile compared to the big dramatic soap opera ass celebrities like Kanye and Drake. Travis makes it work in a way that I think Post Malone and Kendrick don't make that kind of anti-celebrity work, you know? Yeah. I mean, like he does make absence work better than they do. Um, and I mean, yeah, like Kendrick occupies a weird space where he is like, you know, the 21st century steward of all things lyrical and like, you know, championed by old heads and people that 
you know, worry about what's ailing hip hop and everybody that likes rap like alike. And yet he disappears for like he everybody likes Kendrick Lamar and he disappears for like long periods of time. And yet he's always discussed in the same ilk of the people that we've been talking about that are like constantly present just because like, I think that he really cares about his craft, like in a way that makes me like sometimes. Well, actually, no, I think it was, it was, it was Raya Kamir that wrote that. It was just like, sometimes I feel bad for Kendrick. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's just kind of like Travis Scott is disarming to me because it just seems that he really has not given prior thought to anything beyond I like this and <laughs> I want to see what it looks like next to other things that I like. Yeah. It's action figure shit. Totally. Yeah. It's action figure shit. Right. And it's like, we gonna get hate mail. Cause I compare Travis to Kendrick. Cause like there are obvious contrasts to that. Right. Which is that. Yeah. Yes. Kendrick- there are obvious contrasts to that. And they do are like, they are shooting at different baskets. Absolutely. But we cannot, And this is like, as, and this is coming from somebody that can do all of Kendrick Lamar's voices, like, and knows all of cartoon and serial. He got his ass washed on Goosebumps. It's true. Disrespect him like that. I'm not disrespecting him. You disrespecting the Asiatic black man. (laughs) One of the, like, I mean, and it's, I feel bad. Like, it's, it's wild that I feel that I need to qualify this by like saying how much I appreciate Kendrick as like an artist and like respect him as a lyricist, et cetera. Because obviously I'm a person that listens to music, but he lost a game. He lost a game. I'm sorry. I mean, he went out there and he lost the game. It's not the first time he'd been washed. Like, I, yeah, I, I, I maintain to this day that Jay Electronica has the best verse on control. I know we on a tangent, but this is our podcast and we can do it. <laughs> I maintain to this day that Jay Electronica has the best verse on control. Like, it's not, you know, that's neither here nor there, I guess. But this is just to say that. We talk about absence with Kendrick. It's more of a temporal thing, right? It's the fact that Kendrick can go away. He can sort of be the dutiful, you know, he's in his monastery with jazz musicians and stuff, right? But his personality is there. Like he has a, you would never, like we know with the Kendrick Lamar persona, we know certain things. It's not as sort of immersive and tedious, frankly, as like Drake's micromanagement of his inner life. But we know the sort of big beats in, in Kendrick's anxieties and his politics and stuff like that by way of his music. So even in his absence, when, when he does reemerge and start rapping, you get those doses of like, oh, this is, this is what Kendrick Lamar is about. With Travis, when he pops up, again, it's like you can listen to Travis Scott on a playlist for hours and hours and come away being like, I don't know nothing about this. <laughs> You know what I mean? You can project you whatever you want yeah. onto it. You can project whatever you want onto it. Yeah, um, an anime protagonist. That's what he is. We just solved it. We solved <laughs> anime and Travis Scott. Wow. Wow. Bow. Micah, you said I was lying earlier that I won't go to McDonald's and eat this Travis Scott value meal. You won't? Like it's, like it's 1999 all over again. And I won't. I'm not. You're right. <laughs> I've been jumping rope lately. I'm not trying to do that on, you know, a hamburger or whatever. But, but I really would have ordered those shorts. They sold out within a day. It wasn't like those sneaker drops where it was like immediate, but I thought about it for long enough because I'm mature. I'm in my 30s now, you know? I thought mm-hmm. about a purchasing decision for longer than 10 minutes and I lost out. And now all the all stuff that's still available is kind of like it's t shirts. Like, who cares? I mean, you you didn't cop anything, though, right? No, absolutely not. No. You said that like you didn't get bowed in the face at a Travis Scott concert. Like, oh, how dare I ask you if you were. I contain multitudes, though. And also I have taste. All that shit was ugly. I didn't like it. You like the shorts. Don't project that stuff on me. I like birds in a trap. Listen, I'm honest about my taste. (laughs) This podcast is honest. We'll be back next week. This is sound only. Please. By the way, we got great email last time yes we did oh my god we got some great thank you guys 
Um, I'm glad I told people to go ahead and like, write I dissertations. I got nice emails. That's yeah, crazy thoughtful. to me. People were thoughtful. <laughs> we had all sorts of, we had a symposium about anime in the Gmail. Anyway, soundonlypod at gmail.com. Email us about Travis Scott. Email us about whatever you want to talk about. Whatever you think, predict we might talk about in future episodes of this podcast. We have a wide mandate, but we think by now you all are getting a sense of our sort of taste and critical scope. Uh, so yeah, we'll be back next week. Until then. <laughs>